Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. So Brian Pierce here, your fantastic host. And uh, I don't know if you guys were checking Instagram or not, but I just decided it's close enough to Halloween, so it's not technically a Halloween show, but I want everybody to kind of see uh, the fact that this is what I threw together. I went and grabbed my cowboy hat, my shirt that says something very profane about sleeves, so I blocked that out for everybody. And then, of course, uh, I've got my daughter's uh, blue fairy wings on, so I just figured that'd be a really, really fantastic way to go about uh, trying to throw together a Halloween costume for all of you guys out there. I hope you enjoy it. So, Sea Time, episode 105. Uh, this show being brought to you by our fine, fine supporters over at Fly Racing. You can go find them at flyracing.com. Uh, Power Sport Graphics uh, over at ridepg.com. And, of course, the guys over at Fast Company bringing us the awesome flex bars. Uh, you can find them at fastco.com. Uh, yeah, so those guys, of course, we say thank you. Thank you very much for your support. Please go support them. That would be fantastic if you so did. Um, of course, we have some of our Seat Time merchandise that you can go pick up over at SeatTime.BigCartel.com. Please help us support uh, everything that we do here. This takes a little bit of money, to, of course, to host all this junk on the Internet. Um, and that helps us get some of those costs down uh, out of our pockets and more into the beer jar, uh, which is nice for everybody. Of course, we have the chat room as well, tlk.io slash Seat time, if you want to direct the conversation at all, if you would like to bring in questions to our guest, if you would like to know the color of underwear that Caleb Russell is wearing this evening, that's the question that you should bring to me in the chat room. That's where you would do it. So, being that I kind of just gave it away, Mr. Caleb Russell, your 2013 GNCC XC1 champion, welcome to the show. How is your evening going, kind sir? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, going all right, I guess. Yeah, so, now that you're technically off of work for a while, huh? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Oh, so, yeah, good way to put it. Off right? of work. Uh, maybe. Actually, well, it's it's more busy during this time of year than any other time, pretty much. Why or is that? It seems like I'm gone. Hey, just just talking to people on the phone all the time, working out deals and such. Um, no, not really that aspect of things. But the off season, well, you get a well, I'm going on a cruise next week, so um, after that, I come home, and then my brother-in-law's getting married, and then I, right after that, we'll probably, I'll probably take a few weeks off, and then middle of December, we always go out to California for testing and stuff, and then after that, after that's over, you got Christmas and New Year's, and you're always traveling to fam other families' houses, so um, then after that, it's kind of back in the swing of things, and I'm gone away from home either in Florida or wherever I can find that Sandy, you know, stand for a few weeks, months at a time, racing or riding at least and training. So yeah, this, this, this time of year is way more hectic, like away from home than it is actually spent at home. Man. Well, at least you just won the XC1 uh, title that you worked so hard for last year and you kind of were in a little bit of the same predicament. Uh, the points weren't nearly as close as they were last year with Paul Wibley. But uh, so, I mean, dude, how does it feel? I know you've kind of been through the rigmarole, so just give us whatever spiel you want to at this moment about how awesome it is. Yeah, it's pretty good. But, I mean, I was in the exact same predicament as last year. The points were just as close. 
That's because they go off overall, and I see Mr. Bolton just kind of brought it down to my attention about that. So, you know, sometimes you pay attention in life, sometimes you don't, and that's that's kind of how it works. So I just go with it. But uh, yeah, obviously it didn't work out for you last year, and it did this time. So it feels really good to have it now. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't feel much different, but it's it's cool to have this little number one plate sitting here, just chilling. So. <laughs> that is a very little number one plate. Most people use that as just kind of a joke, but that is like a very tiny number one plate. Is that something they gave to you? Yeah, well, I got a whole bunch of these to like pass out, and I got a whole bunch of them still to like hand out to people around. But I got one sitting on my desk right here. It's pretty nice to, pretty cool to see your name right there with a big number one. So yeah, yeah that's us. But um, yeah, I mean. It's 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 just uh, it's it's kind of a relief, uh, a little bit of a weight off your shoulders, and you know, I definitely gonna have to work hard next year to keep that thing. Yeah, I think you are, um, and not to say anything about your the way that you performed this year, you performed awesome. Uh, guys like String, who you know, past GNCC champion, coming back, had some struggles this year. Wibley had some struggles. Charlie Mullins was on point. Uh, he's kind of a past GNCC champion, so now we're gonna have. A lot of champions looking like they're going to be completely uh, healed and just back at it next year. Um, Red T to kick some butt. I mean, is there is there a strategy in your head, or you just know obviously what you did last year worked, and you're going to just try to do all that over again to get ready for 14? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't really control what they do, so I'm just going to go out there and win. That's <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how I look at it. No, and, and you and, and, and we actually if I, talked. If I, if I ride like. Go ahead. I ride like if I said I said if I ride like I do at Ironman, um, you know, I rode really well. Like I surprised myself. Um, I rode probably one of the best races I've ever ridden uh, this past weekend. You know, if I ride like that, um, is through next year, um, it's going to be a pretty good season too. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did kind of wanted to see if there was any mental gain. You, when we talked about it on the 100th episode, one of the things I think we brought up a lot is attitude that you have, um, and, and not an attitude in a negative way, not like your like, you know, egotistical attitude, but it's just like you can tell that you have uh, a, you know, a way of riding that's very, that, that your attitude gets carried through that, and you could see that it was like, you know what, if you're going to go over there and twist the throttle really hard, then you're probably going to win, and that's what happened. Um, so it's good to hear that, you know, you think that your Ironman performance was a really good one because you looked awesome from watching it on my couch at the webcast. Which <clears throat> yeah. I mean, um, I'm not really, I, I wouldn't consider myself cocky or anything like that, but I'm, I'm just confident. And I know if I, I, I know I have the ability and the desire to win is, is right there. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like losing at all. I'm, I'm a pretty sore loser, so so to speak. But but I think I think uh, you know I watched the Ricky Carmichael um, his Hall of Hall of, yeah blah 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 his Hall of Fame uh, inductee video there right and um, somebody made a pretty pretty cool comment and I thought it like described me pretty well as well he he hated he hated losing more than he liked winning and. Um, you know, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I, I want I'm happy, but like, I don't really wear it on my face or anything. Like, it's just uh, just what I want to do. Like, that's like I, I wear losing on my face more than winning. So, 
Yeah. I, I bet, man. I can totally... I could I could totally see that for sure that you just really want to go out there and win. And that's what that's kind of the what I mean about the attitude. Obviously, we weren't trying to say egotistical or cocky or anything like that. Um, and I'm glad that you could clear it up because man, sometimes it just sound like an idiot. Yeah, that's what my I'll, mom. My mom will say the same thing, so it's okay. I I, I sound like an idiot to you. <laughs> that's all right. Well, all the time. I wanted to ask just because you were so dominant from round seven to round eleven. Um, and then we saw Charlie Mullins uh, win at Powerline Park. Then he won the National Enduro the next weekend. And then he was coming back for Ironman. Did anything like that, that the kind of that momentum that he had, uh, it doesn't seem like the way that you, the way that you describe it, you know, you go out there and you're like, I want to win. Like you don't let ment- like mentally let a lot of things get in your way. So did something like that where Charlie Mullins is just coming in with so much momentum, um, it kind of could kind of mess with you or no? I mean – no, not not myself. Like I, I don't know. Ever since um, you know, I try when I turned pro, I I used to be like a really nervous guy, like worried about everything, and and something something just clicked, and you know, I I just quit being nervous altogether. Like I, I don't worry about anything. I just go out there and do what I know how to do. And I think if you leave the nerves out of it, you're able to do what you need to do a lot easier. So, um, you know, I got. I can't say I wasn't a little bit nervous. I I think I was more anxious than nervous because obviously I jumped the start, but um, that was just a little bit of a, a dumb move on my part. I always count down when Ricky holds a holds his hand out for ten seconds, so I counted it down. And I got the one, and I hit the button, and it was like a half second too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard you talking about that on the webcast in your little interview after the fact. So you do completely rely on your electric start for for the starts there at GNCC for those dead starts? Yeah, I don't have a kicker. Yeah, man. So you got, oh man, that is awesome. I honestly didn't know if you guys would take those off or not for off-road, you know, sometimes being 10 miles away. Uh, I got to ride a Sherco this past, uh, not this past weekend, but at the Cross Timbers National Enduro. And to be honest, it had an electric start, used it all the time, and all of a sudden I looked down at one of the brakes and I was like, holy shit, this thing doesn't have a Kickstarter. Like, not, <laughs> yeah. not even like the KTM where like you could tell that there was a spot for it on some bikes but not on others. Like, just never even a thought of putting a Kickstarter on that bike. And that's when I was like, oh shit, that could be interesting. But I mean, obviously no issues or anything like that, but it was, it was a mental kind of like, just a, yeah. a mind F if you will. Yeah, I was kind of weary about it too because this is the the new motor for the 13 bike doesn't have a spot to put one like on the thir- on the 350 anyways. So, you know, I never had used since I since I got on a 250F, I've re- never really used the Kickstarter um back from like 2009 all the way up till now, but then it's not there. You're kind of like, "Man, what if something happens to electric start?" You kind of want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. And I guess they do. They seem to do a really great job of keeping everything contained. Um, and, you know, you're kind of like, oh, man, what if I snag it on something, blah, 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 blah. But honestly, those wires and the harnesses they have for everything, if you snag that on something, you're probably going to be worrying a lot more about whatever happened to you as you pinballed and ragdolled into a tree. Opposed yeah. To freaking, <laughs> opposed to freaking pulling out a wire or something like that. Well, what else has been going on for you in life? Uh, you know, you would you were starting off with the OMA earlier this year, um, it, and all of a sudden we kind of see you drop. We saw you drop out. What happened there? Was that? Uh, yeah. What happened there with the OMA? <laughs> uh, 
Um, bad call on my part by doing them, I guess. Um, yeah, I started out. I started out doing them. Um, to I could make a little bit more money doing them, but um, like once I started doing them, my results weren't there. I wasn't having fun, and I was spending more money than I was making going to them. So, you know, I <clears throat> I talked to Auntie, and then I had an opportunity to go to, to go to six days, and uh, because Baylor was still hurt, so um, I kind of jumped on that train, and I'm really glad I did because uh, six days turned out to be a lot of fun and. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to next year. I think I can improve a lot on my ability to ride special tests. And, um, you know, I, I want to improve my results over there, too. Yeah. Well, and how old are you right now? Are you 22? I'm 23. You're 23. So, but, but next year, then, are you going to have to be in the uh, on the trophy team, just age-wise? Yeah. Yeah, because it's 23 is the actual cutoff. Um, so, has there been any discussion about that already? Um. I mean, no, but I'm sure as long as I'm healthy, I mean, why wouldn't the GNCC champ be on the trophy team? Yeah, no, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I, I think you should be, for sure. You had a fantastic rookie performance over there this year, um, and it was kind of odd that they even, I think that they even had Baylor on there. I, there was, this seemed like there was absolutely no way that he was going to be healthy to be able to make it out there um, to do that race. Um, you said you had a fun time. You really enjoyed it. Obviously, we know your results showed that you did a great job. But just tell us about some of the experiences over there. Maybe like your best highlight and worst part of the trip. <laughs> worst part of the trip. Um, well, I think the highlight was all of us throwing junk out the windows at each other on the highways, driving around to walk the special test. We had a blast just blasting each other with tomatoes and oranges and whatever we could put our hands on to throw out the damn window we chucked it out but cat food dog food you name it we had it as kids do i dig it <laughs> but uh the the riding wasn't very fun at all um it was kind of it was like like most of the guys said yeah it was pretty crappy like the track wise and conditions but um yeah, it was it was still good. It was still good to go and like kind of compare yourself to everybody else in the world. But yeah, I was pretty displeased with myself. Um, I didn't think the results were up to par, and um, I wasn't too happy with myself. Yeah, that actually leads us right to a question we just got from our chat room from Eric Kudla. Uh, he wants to know what was it like? See, oh, and it's Ryan Kudla. I did it again. I'm such an idiot. Sorry, uh, sorry, Ryan. And uh, what was it like seeing your times at the end of each special? It looked like sometimes it really affected people and other times it didn't care. So it sounded like you might have been one of the guys that was kind of affected by your poor times. Um, or what you're saying, poor times. I would not I would call them masterful, awesome times of epic because mine would be much slower. You know, I, I don't think looking at the times like played any effect like on how I rode. Like I was just pissed off and struggling um to figure out where they're making that time up because i really had could have, you don't really know because that's why that's why i don't really do like the national enduros and enduro racing so much because you can race somebody and you can kind of pick up here and there and then you can apply that that what you've learned the previous lap to like the next lap but um you know when you're out there racing yourself like you really don't know anything right like, 
you think that's as fast as you can go and you get smoked by 15, 20 seconds, you're like, okay, I know I can go faster. Where now do I go faster at? So that's the hardest thing. But um, I kind of got it figured out and just started riding smoother, just uh, just trying to like not try as hard. And everything kind of turned around a little bit for me. I started having some better tests. But, um, you know, I probably crashed in over half the tests, just stupid little washouts because – um, you know, I was losing the front end quite a bit. The uh, the tire had a lot of roll in it, and it was super dry and dusty and rocky. So I was, uh, I think, on day day three, I was really it was a really trying day for me because uh, the day before I had the penalty and I was all pissed off that day. So I didn't really ride any. Te- I was over it from the get go. After the first test, I got that penalty, and I was pretty much over over it the rest of the day. Right. And then day three, I just a bunch of mental mistakes all day long. And then four and five, I kind of gathered myself and rode a little bit better. And what happened with that penalty? Kind of explain that a little bit more for some of the guys out there that might not know how, how the timing works at, say, like the at the International Six-Day Enduro. All right. Yeah, uh, I can do that. Um, I'm pretty sure now you're an expert on it, so you don't do it again, right? Yeah. <laughs> well... <clears throat> But, um, yeah, so you basically, 8 o'clock in the morning, um, the first guys go off, and it starts from wherever you finish the day before. So if you're first and second overall, you take off on the first line, you're second or third and fourth. Well, actually, they should do it by three guys, but they did it by two because it's so dusty. But, um, yep, so you take off, and say you take off at 8 o'clock, and you got to be at time check one by 8.40, so... You take off, you do your special tests, you just kind of trail ride, do your special tests, you do the special tests, and then you come into the time check, and they got the white flag sticking up, and you go through, and you look at your watch, and make sure you got plenty of time, and then um, when it's on your minute, you go to the next, you go through the check, and they take your card and write it down, but um, I was just chilling at the checkpoint, and you know, just hanging out, I was looking around, talking to Christy, and I seen Brownie was still there. He was having his clutch issues at the time, and he was a minute ahead of me. And um, I went and did something else, and I, I, I just I went around the corner. I think I took a piss behind a bush, and I come back, and I was putting my helmet on, talking to Christy some more. And the next thing I know, I look at my watch, and I was like, I'm a minute late. <laughs> Damn it! So by the time I got got my helmet and goggles and uh, gloves on. I got to the thing, and I was already two minutes down. So it was just me not paying attention to what it was. Like, it was, it was stupid, and you know, I was pissed off at myself about that the rest of the day. So I really didn't ride very well after that at all. Yeah. Well, and, and, that's, and that's, I think, one of the things that seems to bite a lot of people, a lot of rookies, and even, even vets sometimes, is just the timing issues. Um, I know that I, I haven't – ridden in in that of uh, obviously that event before if you will but just even like traditional timekeeping enduros man you you're you know trying to ride ahead maybe 18 20 seconds or whatever and you come around a turn and see a check see the check marker and you're like oh shit and you try to you know just try to trials it for a little bit and dab a toe or whatever whatever the rules are for there and i've made plenty of stupid mistakes mental mistakes just complete you know so it happens you just got to learn from it and you know Unfortunately, all, what all six eight hours you're out there on the trail, you got to either be riding or thinking, right? Yeah, because that was that was like we <clears throat> that was going into the second section when that happened. So I was out there the rest of the day just thinking, yeah, 
Yep. I was, going, I was like, as soon as I went through the check, well, I said six days over. Yeah. Well, that's all right, dude. We all think you did great. And uh, it sounds like you're really enthusiastic about maybe going back for 2014, at least for the ISDE. Um, so what are uh, what are your kind of plans for 2014 looking like uh, for Nick for, you know, locally uh, here with the GNCCs and uh, maybe some of the other series? Um, yeah, main uh, just GNCCs as of right now. Um, I want to try to do a couple of enduro crosses. Um, I think they look pretty fun. Like it's just something I want to – um, you know, if I'm having fun, I, I, I can do well at something and they look pretty fun and I like to try it and I like to, I like to just go out and jump random stuff like, you know, just obstacles and hit rocks and stuff. You know, I'm not the best like rider at that stuff. I'm not saying, but you know, it looks like fun and I've never done one. So I'd like to, you know, get my feet wet at least. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was going to say, we're actually going to be going to Vegas and I'm going to do the amateur program. So you know, you could come out there and give me pointers, and then I could give you pointers for the pro part. I think I'll have a lot of trail advice by that point. Yeah, I was wanting to. Um, I was trying to talk the the boss into let me do that, but um, I've got to. I've got the GNCC banquet this same weekend, so it's not going to happen. Oh yeah, that yep, it happens. That's the way it falls. Oh, okay. So, um, are you? I don't know where your contract is right now with KTM. Are you still within your contract right now? So you're going to be back on the team officially with them next year? Um, no, my contract's up this year, and, you know, we're still negotiating. So Okay. Hey, that happens. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. I understand. And uh, you're quite the commodity this year, Mr. XC1 GNCC champion. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool, dude. Uh where can people find out more information about you? I know you got all your Twitters and all that kinds of stuff. Um, find out find out about me. Um, check out YouTube, um, Motorsport Inc.'s page, and you know follow my uh, Driven to Win series and also my Caleb five five seven on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, are you going to be doing the the what is it the what, uh, Driven to Win episode again next year, or is that something um, you're kind of working through? Um, we haven't really discussed anything of that. It's um, actually not even over for this year. There's still the episode, uh, new episodes getting ready to come out, and then there's one after that. So there's two more still left to come out. But, okay, um, cool. Hopefully we can uh, work something out and definitely do that again. I think that was uh, good for me and um, getting lots of exposure for myself and all my sponsors together. So yeah. um, it was pretty awesome. I can't thank motosport.com enough for stepping up and, Wrapping my motor home and doing this series with me is pretty cool. Heck yeah. Well, uh, I think um, I definitely, if I had any kind of a request, I would ask that we got to see a little bit more of your wife um, in the episodes. You know, that she just like, she changes the scenery up a little, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then we did get another uh, note from the chat room that uh, they say that your open uh, fire detector or fire alarm back there is beeping and that's a safety hazard. And you should change the battery. Who who said that? Uh, I think it was two different people. It was uh, Bolton and then uh, Ryan Kugler. Yeah. Oh, they can. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't even have a battery in it. That's probably why it's beeping. Every every every. I just took the battery out of the one in my bedroom last night because it was driving me insane. I still got the one in the hallway going off. All the the batteries went bad, bad all at the same time. So. Oh, uh, you got you got to love manufacturers how they screw you like that. 
Yeah. Those jerks. Well, cool, man. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. Any last words of awesome wisdom? Um, what the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. Bam. That was as deep as I wanted it to be. That's fantastic. Sweet. Yeah! Thanks, dude. Really appreciate it. Go change those batteries and uh, don't drive your wife crazy with it anymore. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right, later, dude. Have a good night. See ya. Awesome. So cool to talk to Caleb Russell. He's not just a fast dirt bike rider, but he also has a lot of fun stuff to say. Um, and I know that he's having a good time because he's on a little bit of a work break, which is good for him, and so he can enjoy some of those uh, beverages that 23-year-olds get to have opposed to younger than that, as they should. So um, as Steve in our producer brings up our next guest, I, of course, want to say thank you to um, one of our great sponsors, Fly Racing. So I was talking to Dale Spangler today. I was like, hey, Dale, it's, it's getting to be winter time now. Uh, you know, it's getting a little bit cooler. It's fall, if you will. We're getting ready to have uh, daylight saving times kick in. So uh, should we have uh, what, what kind of good stuff for winter? And he was like, the title gloves. Those are what we're pushing hard for 2014, and we want everybody to know about them. So what's neat is they actually have them in two different lengths. So if you ride in an area or maybe you're on a snowmobile and there's a lot of snow. Hey, what's up, Steve? It is. Yeah, nice. Cool. All right. You stay one second, and uh, I'm going to finish up my little spiel about fly racing. Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead, bro. Thanks, Bross. And then, so, they got the new title gloves, 2014, two different sizes. So, if you're not if you're not worrying about snow, you can just get the short ones. If you're worried about snow, you can get the long ones. I think that that is a great way to do it. I personally, since don't ever want to ride in the snow, I'm going to get the short ones because that makes things a little bit easier on me. Though I do have little tiny baby hands. And I need the thickest gloves I can get because I am a big, big wuss. Now, um, so this is Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiast. Uh, but this evening, we, we we have, I would say, a celebrity in the radio world and a celebrity in the Supercross and Motocross world, uh, Mr. Steve Mathis. So, dude, what's going on, man? How's your evening? What's happening? Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm hardly a celebrity. That would be somebody like Tim Ferry. That would be a celebrity. Dude, you got that right. But see, you got to stand next to Tim Ferry for so long. Do you not feel like some of that celebrityism wore off on you? Mm, good point, yeah. I did also win Mechanic of the Night in Orlando in 2005. I was the best mechanic in the whole stadium. They gave me a check and everything. So, Dude, that. that's so technically... You weren't just like a professional racers mechanic. That officially made you like an, an a pro mechanic. I mean, you got paid yeah, I, to mechanicize stuff. I was a top tech. So yeah, good point, you guys. Thanks for helping my self esteem out. See, that's I the thing, man. We're not just here for off road racers. We're for your guys like you. Your self esteem's down a little bit. You call. You get on seat time, and we boost up your morale. I think we're good for the whole entire world, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you should write a book or do something like that. I agree. Good job. I feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we like to do here, Steve. Okay, so the the real reason is I love your show. I listen to it all the time. I appreciate what you do, and I love your opinion because of the fact that you're just blunt. Uh, I don't know if I can always do that because of the fact that I just I, I, I guess I'm less confrontational. Um, but, hey, I appreciate what you do. I love what you do. But one of your shows, uh, we were talking about Zach Osborne um, and, and how he made uh, – I want to get it right. Uh, let me get the quote that I have here. And maybe, maybe it's in there somewhere. <laughs> okay, it was that Osborne nice, nice was prep. 
doing nice prep on the seat time show. Hey, dude, it's dude, you're lucky, man. It's just, it's only one cup of vodka I've had before I did this. Okay, you're lucky. It could be right, better. Right. It's doing that dumb race was the quote that you had referring to the, when Zach Osborne did the ISDE versus Destinations. I don't know if he had an offer or not. You would know that more than I. So just, just I mean, just just bring us bring us some uh, bring us some closure on this. Yeah, look, I don't know somehow this kid. You know, in today's world, you you say something and you immediately get branded as something. And, and I've gotten some flack for things that I, I said about Zach and a lot of off-road guys. I mean, you, you guys are gnarly. You guys aren't scared to, you know, to get really angry. It's, you know, you're, the sport of off, all the off-road stuff is so gnarly and so incredible, that but, but it's not seen by the same amount of people as motocross, supercross. So you guys are like, like the little people that have no no like you're like canada where you always want to be noticed you always want to point yourself out and you get very angry when people you know disrespect you guys it's like canada trust me i've been there <laughs> well um, you are canadian but, with a green card yeah exactly no for sure but the whole deal was you know zach uh wrote for puerto rico uh for the motocross nations for years and years and um you know he's a great rider and uh he had a chance to go this year again and granted he'd done it for a number of years and not with a lot of success because the actual real Puerto Rican is never very good. So it, they, he needs a lot of luck to, to get into the A main. But regardless, so Zach had another offer to go this year again. That the Puerto Rico guy loves him, and he turned it down to go to the ISDE. Now, I, I don't. I'm nothing against the ISDE. That's gnarly, and it's a, it's a it's an incredible race. But I don't care if you're going for Guam or Puerto Rico or anything. If you're a motocross racer, then being racing the motocross the nations is it man that is the ultimate you know and and so yeah i definitely busted zach's balls about going to the jungles of italy turns out there was no jungles at all i, I just i made that up i don't even know why i said that but he it, clarified it sounds that there good. Was no, any jungles um I, I just said why do you want to go to the highest i mean isd is just not fun it's not it, you're changing your own tires you're prepping your own bike you, i mean the motocross tests are probably pretty fun for him and i guess he, he won those but but no, it's not fun. And going to Motocross the Nations is, now granted he's done it before, but going to Motocross the Nations is like so cool and so amazing and such a great thing for a for a, a motocross rider. And my Zachy Poo just, just turned his back on Puerto Rico. And uh, yeah, I didn't like that. I thought that was dumb. And, and it's got nothing to do with the ISD. If the ISD was another weekend and he did the ISD and the and Motocross the Nations, then that's great. I just thought that if you if you chose the quote-unquote jungles of Italy over riding at the motocross nations, then you're drunk or high. That that was my whole argument. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is we know that Zach was neither of those. But would it, it would be kind of interesting if he actually, like you were your comment to, if it were two different weeks and he could do them both, if he raced one for Puerto Rico and then one for USA, it's like, hey, buddy, you might be a little yeah. confused. Which which car are you using here? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he told me, he's like, man, I really hope to ride, like, ride for Team USA one year. And you know what? Man, he if you think about it next year, you know, you got uh, Blake Baggett and Zach Osborne. I mean, those are going to be two guys that, off the top of my head, two American guys that are going to be like 1-2-2-1 two, two, one in the 150 Nationals. There's a real chance Zach could go for Team USA next year. Yeah, so, you're right. Absolutely. You know, he, he could do it. Um, you know, he just said, I just, I've done it. I've been there, Mathis. You're an idiot. I love ISC. And, and so that's kind of how it all started. But, I mean, hey, he did really well, and um, I'm happy that he's happy. But 
you know, it was like his buddy Phil Nicoletti's told us on the on the show, you know, that Zach looked really miserable changing some tires uh, over there, and that made Phil happy. That Zach was unhappy. So <laughs> yes, you know, but um. Well, I mean, no, here's I a, here's a good thing is like. You uh you eat Taco Bell and you have to change you know you have to get your own tacos out of the wrapper right nobody does that for you. Yeah, good point. I never thought that. That's pretty much exactly the same. Yep. You're right. That's, so that's, that's a great. Point. I can only imagine that you eat more tacos than I do, so it's going to take longer and it's going to be more you know more actions needed to to unwrap them all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, no, you, you got you got a point. Super valid. Absolutely. That. Um and, uh, you're apt in which you're right uh with saying about Zach how well he did. Sixth uh sixth place in the E one class. He did have a really bad day where he got stuck in the mud. Of course he made up some more points when he won the moto uh for the E one class, but he dominated it. Like and, and everybody was talking about, Oh my gosh, Zach's gonna beat us, Zach's gonna beat us and he was like, Guys, guys, guys. They've been kicking my butt yeah. in all of these tests. Who knows what's going to happen on a motocross track? He's like, sure, I'm the motocross guy. I should win, but <laughs> it, it, right. but he totally wailed on him, man. It was it was pretty impressive to see for sure. Um, have you had him on? Have you had him on your show? Uh, he was on before he went. We didn't have a chance to talk to him after the oh, fact. Okay, yet. yeah, he, he's as you know, he's a good dude, and he never he raced three GNTCs and never finished off the podium. That's correct. This year, that's correct. Yeah. And, and and then he podium motocross races. He podium a supercross race, and uh, and then he went to the ISDE. That's that's pretty gnarly. I got to give it up to the guy. I mean, with eyebrows like that and everything, he's still super good. You, you would know? think and with six up. days and having to sweat that much that he would trim him a little just so he didn't have as much weight, you know, on his no. just on yeah. his mind. No, but, he runs it though. Dude. Almost should get extra, extra. He should get a couple of seconds. Uh, in the ISDE, uh, you know, taken away from his time for those eyebrows. I think, actually, now that I think about it, he probably leaves them specifically so he doesn't have to use a maxi pad uh, like some guys do, you know, on their forehead yeah. for the sweat. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, good point. Yeah. Maybe, maybe those yeah, 60 point. helmets just are that awesome and they love big eyebrows and they just fit better. Yeah, there you go. You've talked but, about uh, the 60 helmets a lot. And did you know that they almost didn't let his helmet pass because it wasn't uh like all the right certifications, but it's because it's like specifically for off-road, right? With the certifications that it has? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, I didn't hear that. No, I didn't I didn't I didn't hear any of that. No. Yeah, like there's a I think uh it was one of Mark's pictures. He's like standing there trying to explain to them like no, no, this is okay. Like, this is a new helmet, sixty, and it's like trying to tell them it only has X amount of certifications specifically yep. because they do not sell it for on-road riders. Like, there's no chance an on-road rider could, you know, buy this helmet for on-road yep. use. And so he actually had to like really get them uh, to explain that to him and kind of be like, "Hey, guys, don't be stupid. Right. This is totally cool." Was he in the jungles of Italy? Totally in the jungles of Italy. Totally in the jungles. Okay, well, right. while I've got you on the phone and, and uh, for a little bit, I wanted to ask you as well, being a Racer X person, you're, you're very involved in all aspects of the industry, being with, uh, you know, uh, was it X Brands and all the other guys out there. What did you think about all the GNCC titles that were won this past weekend at Ironman? Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Um, I, I just think that, uh, I mean, it's whatever you can get any kind of series, to uh, go to the wire. That's awesome. And the the GNCC series certainly looks like with with those two dudes, uh, Russell and Mullins, like they're they're going to be the next guys for many years. I mean, they're both pretty young and they're both great riders. And uh, man, the series is really set up to be great for, for for many years. And like I said, to have it go down to the last round, that's awesome. Now, Russell passed Mullins right uh, during the race. Yes, in the early early stages. 
Right, right. So there we go. Like even more drama. Like it's all right there. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's it's kind of a transition piece for me because uh, I, I do like getting your opinions on this stuff. Like I said, I love listening to your show. I've always got great opinions. So my next one kind of goes, all right, so off-road, the, everybody talks about the economy. And in reality, our whole industry blames the economy and talks about the economy and uh, it's this because of the economy. So I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the the economy talk that goes on in the off-road world. Do you have any off the top of your head opinions or thoughts um, or, or just maybe stuff we're doing wrong that could possibly help, uh, you know, the off-road kind of the racing community and, and help build that up. So there is a little bit more money for guys to be able to have more, maybe more full rides, less privateer rides out there and things like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not really too sure because I just know, look, we had three teams fold up in, in Supercross last year. And I mean, again, I don't want to, I don't want to talk down to the off-road guys or anything, but it's, it's beneath Supercross Motocross in terms of visibility and exposure and marketing dollars spent. Absolutely. So when you got th- when you have three teams folding in Supercross and Motocross, it's bound to trickle down to the off-road guys because what get, you know we saw we saw um, one of the guys at Cowie told me that you know basically their whole off-road program getting canceled was because they decided to you know they had to put money into Motocross and Supercross where they felt like they got the most exposure. So. You're always gonna, as as a series that depends on the bigger series, you're going to feel it. You're gonna you're gonna see it. And I mean, truthfully, people, I think that we're better than what we were three four years ago. There's there's a little bit of more money out there, and there's a little bit going on. But judging by the three teams that folded, and it certainly wasn't all the economy's fault. It's easy to blame that. But um, you know, in one situation, the team was basically just there was a fraud from the start. Like with Velocity Three, there was never any money there. Um, so it wasn't all the economy's fault, but it, you have to figure that it's going to trickle down to the off-road guys, and it's too bad. But I mean, you know, on the other hand, where did Geico, where did Geico Insurance start? It started in the off-road community, in the GNCC series. Um, it's true. Know, there's yep. still there's still sponsors out there that can be had clearly um, for the off-road guys. It's just a matter of like you can't go to the rock stars and monsters in the same well as the motocross, supercross guys, because that's where they choose to put most of their money. So go find another Geico. I know it's easy to say, but if you're fast and, and you're marketable and you have a, you know, you have a, a well-put-together program, you can get money. I mean, look at, uh, is, is Andrew still doing Husky? Fred Andrews Racing? Yep. Are they still doing no, he, he is currently. Um, there is some kind yeah. of r- rumors and debates and stuff like that on what, uh, what next year is going to look like for them now that Husky yeah. is not Husky from this year. Right. Yeah, I heard the same thing. I just wasn't sure if there was a decision. So, but there, you know, look at that. That's a perfect situation. Like they just found, um, found ways to do it. You know, there, there's, Fred went out and then got Husky and obviously runs a, a profitable program. And, and so, I mean, I, it's, people like to say the economy and, 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 you know, it is certainly part of that, but look, we all, we all can be better and we all can, can work harder and try to do a better job and try to figure things out. But, it does. You guys in the off-road business are at the mercy of what goes on in Supercross and Motocross, and it ain't all uh, uh, roses up here, guys. I'll say that right now. <laughs> we get you get some poop stink as well up there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. All right, now we did have. I, I didn't. I did not want to inundate you with a bunch of Motocross, Supercross type questions and stuff. You know, stuff that you talk about on your show. But the one that uh, our buddy Zach Huberty really wanted me to ask, he was hitting me in the chat room and all kinds of messages and stuff. Is like, could you give us any more insight on what's going on with Reed? 
Well, no, I can't. I mean, I was telling him on Twitter the other day, like, when are you going to announce everything? Because I'm tired of getting uh, texts and calls and tweets about what's going on with you. Um, he's trying to wrap everything up. Like, there's, there, depending on who you talk to, David Millsaps has a 50% chance of going over to Chad's team uh, on a Kawasaki. Chad's going to ride a Kawasaki next year. We know that. Heavily helped up by by Mitch Payton at Pro Circuit. Now, whether it's a monster Pro Circuit team, 2-2, I don't know. But Mitch is going to help him out again. He's going to ride a green bike. Uh, depending on who you talk to, there's 50% chance that David Millsaps ends up over there. Um, and Chad's just trying to put everything together right now. So that's really any and what i'm telling you isn't anything that people don't really know i i uh you know i i i've i don't know anything people other people don't that's really all i know um yeah i know he's talked to the cali guys about getting factory cali guys about getting uh some works parts he even tried to get a hydraulic clutch uh done up for his cali um mm -hmm. from, from europe so there, there there's some of that going on behind the scenes but that's truthfully all i know and I'm with you guys. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting and, and, and want to see what he does. One of the things I thought was interesting was, I believe it was an Instagram picture where he's like out with the old and he had his whole pile of shift gear. And I'm kind of like, okay, one, he yeah. just got a whole new load of shift gear and he's getting rid of that. Or he's yeah. like, this is all of my shift gear and I have totally new gear that I'm now loading the closet with. <laughs> so I, uh, great I know speculation. I the same thing. Chad loves to screw with people on Twitter and all that stuff. And, and his contract is up with me. With, with Sarah. His, his contract is up with with Box and Shift. He told me about a month and a half ago that the, he'll he's ninety percent sure he'll be back with Fox. But I know he's talking to other clothing companies. Um, and you, you don't have to be a rocket science to know that he was once with Parts Unlimited, and that didn't work out. And neither side parted uh, in nice in a nice manner. Well, so he's not <laughs> talking to them. Yeah, he's with Fox now. So what's the other gear distributor company that can afford a guy like uh, Chad Reed? We fly racing. So I'm pretty sure he's talking to fly racing. and um, But I think he'll see him back in Fox and Shift. And I think that tweet was just his way of, once again, screwing with all of us. <laughs> well, we, we love the drama. It's what keeps the silly season going for sure. It's, it's, it's guys yeah. like Chad Reed and all that kinds of stuff. He's, and, he's uh, a cool guy. I mean, he's, he's a good dude. Like, I didn't get along with him when we were teammates at Yamaha. We both wanted to light each other on fire. Um, <laughs> but we've we've definitely gotten better. We, we've talked it out. I, I would say we're friends. I go to his house every year uh, in Florida. And he's a good guy. And the sport, whether he's first or fifth or seventh or however he's going to do, the sport's better with him there. And I'm pumped that he's still around. And, and I think he can do good. I just, yeah, I want to see what he's going to do. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I, you know, like I said, I didn't want to keep you too long. I just really wanted to uh, to get some some we could clear the air, if you will, on, uh, yeah. on Zach Osborne hey, type I raced, stuff. I raced two GNCCs, bro. Dude, bro, did you win, bro? I got uh, there's a plaque in upstairs in the uh, or upstairs I should say in the studio. Sorry, in the lines. Then um, there is a uh, I got fifth place in the industry class at Crawfordsville a long time ago. So. And then I also did the Unadilla GNCC, and I didn't finish because it was really uh, muddy and rainy and shitty. But I did, I did race two GNCCs. Well, you've done more than me, and I'm, I, I, I'm glad to say that. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing everything you do for the sport. I enjoy your show. Um, do you have any questions for me? Let's, let's just go there. Let's see what the fuck happens. 
Uh, it's okay if you don't. How's the you? show? Well, how's the show? How's it doing? Are you guys? Are you making money? Uh, what I like to say is that it doesn't cost us anything, and obviously that means that Perfect. we we net out. Um, and you can right. you you've seen it. I remember uh back in the back two three years ago when I first started with my buddy Bloody, you called us the Wayne's World of you know industry team yeah. whatever the hell it was, and then I ran into you at Dallas Supercross and we chatted about it. Um, honestly. That was the best thing you could have said because of the fact that I was like, cool, he's not taking it serious. Perfect. I was like, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, I like to sit down. I like the beer drink and bench race, um, specifically off-road, just because that's where I come from. Um, and we get more and more people involved. Fly Racing's helping us out. Uh, we got, what is it? Oh, uh, right on. Ride, sure. P- Ride yeah. PG and then Fast Company and Stillwell Performance. So it's doing its thing, you know? You know what? There's, there's, there isn't much out there for off-road shows, so it's, it's good that you, Wayne and Garth, can can fill a need for everybody. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I've watched a couple episodes and it's cool and yeah, it's funny and that yeah, yeah. I don't take myself too seriously. Maybe sometimes I act like that, but I really don't. And you guys don't. And um, I'm glad to see that it's not cost. You know, maybe you're not making any money, but it's not costing you money. Yeah. Well, that, and yeah, that's, that's the thing is, as long as we're having fun and it technically doesn't like you know break the bank, then man, yeah. I'm just gonna keep doing it because there's always beer to drink and there's always bench racing to be had, right? Absolutely, no, for sure. I hear you. Definitely, was, uh, we had the pulp show last night, and uh, lots of drinking going on there. So I understand. Yeah, perfectly. Perfect, Dig uh, it. Cool, man. Well, enjoy your night in Vegas, and I'm going to be at the Vegas Enduro Cross. So if you're there, uh, we need to I, we need to at least high five and uh, pretend that we don't like each other because we're both celebs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, well, you you have your people talk to my people, and our bodyguards will meet up at the Vegas Enduro Cross, and we can try to have a meeting. Yeah, I dig it, yeah. They can find us a safe corner to go talk and, and make rumors in a very dark, suspicious spot. <laughs> All right, well, hey, thanks a lot. Good luck with the show. It's cool. I'm glad you guys do it, and thanks for having me on. And I love off-road and off-road riders and off-road racing and everything about off-road rules, except for Zach Osborne going to Italy instead of on Cross Nations. Jerk. All right, man, take it easy. Thanks again. All right, thanks, guys. Peace! All right, so it's always great to have Steve Mathis on the show. I say that like it's been done before. It hasn't. Um, I, I just can't thank him enough. It's just tons of fun. Um, and as we go ahead and say awesome, thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, I definitely want to talk about Powersport Graphics. You can find them at ridepg.com. And, of course, we have a fun little discount code, seat time. Very easy for you guys to remember and uh, get a hold of. All use all that fun stuff. So uh, they did all the great breast cancer awareness stuff where people could get their... All their graphics done up, pink-like for Iron Man. Of course, that's over. So, hey, we're going into the fall. People are going to either be doing their winter series or they're going to be doing, you know, getting ready for 2014. So make sure you go to their website, check out all the stuff they have. They also have their rider support program going on right now. So if you, you know, you're looking for a great graphics company to partner with, I think this is going to be a really good one for you to do it. Um, they're awesome. They're easy for us to talk to. And rider support is Jared Bolton, your own redheaded stepchild. Um, there's there's no other better way to do it in this industry. So we thank PowerSport Graphics a lot for their help. Um, please remember to go check them out. RidePG.com. Discount code is seat time. Um, and it, it sounds like from the chat room that a lot of people were like, oh, I was like, any, any questions for Matthews? No. Well, you know, I, I get it. The guy does what he does, and he's got his opinions, and he's he's cool with it. So, hey, we just keep going. You know what I'm saying? We just keep going. I got to look through my notes here for a second because we're having trouble getting Grant Baylor on the line. Um, it's almost one of those times we got to go to our, our, our go-to guy, Jared Bolton. 
Uh, where's Maria? Is she lined up? Yes. He was up lined up here until I called. Oh, dude, Malakote, I would love to make it to Iron Man next year. I actually, I was very, I was actually, I had a ride lined up to Iron Man this year, and we unfortunately had some family stuff come up, and I had to go down uh, to Waco to be with my wife as her grandmother passed away. So, and not to get heavy, it's just that's what happened, you know, and so it was unfortunate, but uh, I would love, love, love to make it. Um, I did get a chance to make it to a couple GNCCs last year, um, you know, doing some of the webcast type stuff, which was ton of fun. So, you know, I'm hoping, I'm still talking to the guys over at GNCC trying to see if I can get back involved with that webcast uh, for 2014. I think that that would be fantastic. It sounds like we're connected with Grant, Seeing if we can get a picture here, and if not, we can do what we always do and just go with audio. Do you have your video turned on there, Mr. Grant Baylor? Uh, I'm on my phone again. You're on your phone again? Yeah. That's okay. Um, so, we're not getting any video from you, so what we're going to do is we're just going to go with it. we got a nice little fun picture of you up here, and we're going to use that. So, you ready? picture of me yeah no we got it we're good all right so all right xc2 champion you're like 60 years old just like your brother dude what is it with your family what does your dad feed you guys i know it's not just michelob ultra what are you talking about just like my brother he was like seven and almost 18 see i don't do math it's not like i'm intelligent I mean, come on now. All right, so you're got- 16, so you're now the youngest. They had to change the rules to keep to get let you in the class when they did, and you're the XC2 champion at GNCC. Yeah. Is that not awesome? Yeah, it's it's, it's really awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, coming in the year, I wasn't even going to run the XC2 class. I was actually just going to run A class again, and then the night of the banquet, they said, "Oh, we changed the rules for you." Uh, so, if you're 15 going on 16, the year of uh, the year that you're going to race sexy two, and you finish top 20 overall from the previous year, you can run the class now. So, I was in because I had 16th overall, and uh, so I was good on that. And so I just ran it and was expecting, you know, maybe to get third, uh, maybe run with Andrew and Jason a few races, but. You know, I, don't, I only ran with Andrew really one race, and that was Georgia. And then every other race, he kind of just checked out. I mean, I rode with him a little bit, but he would just check out. Yeah. I couldn't but me and Jason rode a lot. Like, over the season, we were back and forth every race. I mean, it was, it was pretty fun. I, but uh, It looked like during the middle of the season – you had a sporadic moment. Well, not sporadic. You had a moment in the middle of the season where you were doing really, really good, getting a lot of wins and building up an awesome points lead. Uh, and then it seemed like kind of towards the back half, um, you, you kind of seemed like you weren't getting a lot of the, the good finishes you were you know, earlier on in the beginning of the season and the middle of the season. Was there anything that kind of happened towards the end of the year? that? Well, I mean, New York, I just – I don't even know what happened there. I mean, <laughs> I just sucked that day. I was – I was straight up, you know. Right. I don't know what happened. I mean, I got the whole shot and crashed in, but after the whole shot line. And uh, so then I was fighting through. I mean, you know, Dale, there's always 
like triple the show. I mean, there was probably 50 guys in XQ2, and it was just, I was struggling all day trying to get back by those guys, and, you know, I got stuck behind a few guys, and then uh, just fighting all day to catch back up, but, you know, didn't have enough, and they actually cut the race short by one lap, and uh lap. I could have called up to a podium position and because uh, I had gained a minute and a half the pre- previous lap on uh, those guys for second and third, and then they were only a minute ahead, so then I could have called them, but, you know, kind of got screwed on that one. And then head to the uh, the fresh around the gusher. and um, The car mate it? gusher. Sorry, I love that name. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool, but... Uh, it was a fun track. I mean, if it was dry, it could have been deadly. It was really fast and just, you know, it was it was straight. It was wide open. But luckily, it was muddy and slowed down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, was running, I mean, decent, you know. Like I said, I, mean, I, was, I was going through the pack, didn't get a good start. Dude crashed in front of me. I got stuck on his bike on the starting line and um, was fighting through the crowd all day. And I got up to about fourth place and, uh, Called up the Scott Grills and Shane Hufford, which were second and third. And then the nut on the back of my brake pedal adjuster fell off. And um, so I don't know if you know how KTM brakes work. Oh, yes. I know exactly yeah. what you're about to explain. The bolt backed out, which pushed my brake pedal down. So my brake, my brake was stuck on. So every time I let off the gas, my brake, my back tire locked up. And just about threw me over to bars every time I off the gas. Then eventually, it overheated, and I don't know. I mean, it it completely warped the whole uh, caliper. The caliper was like bent out. I mean, it was ridiculous. And um, so then I lost my brakes and uh, went into the pits and changed it. Took a minute, and after I ran it like that for two laps, took a minute and changed it. And then went back out, and um, I think I was two minutes down from Hufford, and uh, I ended up just, I was so pissed off and just hammered down, and I caught him in about four miles, and Grills was just ahead of him, but I couldn't get around Hufford and ended up fifth there, and then um, going into, uh, what was it, Ohio? I was uh same deal. I mean I wasn't far back that day though. I mean I was I was pretty good. I was like running I started out about six and me and Jason rode together for like first lap and a half and then him and uh he kinda checked out with him and Lane and they called up to uh Scott Grills and then I was about a minute behind those guys and I hammered down for a lap, called up to him and it was right before the pits. I mean I I could I could see the pits and uh, I ran out of gas as soon as I called up to him. I mean we were all wheel to wheel, ran out of gas, pushed my bike for three minutes before they came back there and got me some gas put in, and uh, pretty much screwed my day. I mean I was I was over it. I mean I tried I tried catching back up, but it wasn't enough. There wasn't enough time to catch back up. And then this last one, I mean I was I got I got a good start. I was second around the second corner and then got past i was third and um it was uh 
who was it? Jason that passed me. And so I was third behind Shane Huff or no, not Shane Hufford, um Zach uh Zach Love or yeah, something like that. I think that was Zach Love. Zach Nolan? No. Zach he just got out of the A classes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was in the lead. And me and Jason got by him, and then Andrew called up. I waved Andrew by because I didn't even feel like messing with him. I mean, he's just – I was just going to let him pass me because, you know, oh, well. You know? <laughs> right. He's he's on a whole different level. I mean, I was going to see if whatever he was doing and see if I could keep up with him, you know. And so just waved him by. He went up past Jason and kind of – Checked out. Um, him and Hufford, I think, checked out, actually. Yeah, it was Hufford who was ahead of me on the first lap. That's who passed me. It was Hufford and and uh, Zach were ahead of me. And then Hufford kind of checked out from me and Zach, and then Jason and Tom or Jason and uh, Andrew came by me. But then Andrew called up to Hufford and then... Uh, and Grills, huh? Yeah, Grills was behind all day, and they caught up those last two or three laps. He caught back up. But uh, Thomas then caught up to uh, Hufford, and they were a minute ahead of me, right in, right about a minute ahead of me. And I caught up those guys, passed them, pulled a minute on them, and then I was in second about a minute and a half behind Andrew. I was I was gaining a little bit on him. They said I gained like twenty seconds on him in a couple of miles. I mean I just got in a groove and Jason actually told me after the race he came up to me and he was like, dude, when you passed me that was the fastest I've ever seen anybody ride in my life. <laughs> you were just on a whole different level. And I said, Yeah, I don't know, like I just got in a groove and I just I don't know, I was just felt like I was going really good. He was like, yeah, man, you were just flying. And then, you know, I passed him. And then next thing you know, I was going through this whoop section. And a uh, huge stump or rock or something sticking out of the top of the whoop just caught me. Threw me over to the bars. I don't know if you saw my post on Instagram of my neck brace. Yes. Yeah, I actually broke my neck brace in five places. Um my neck's still a little bit sore, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I, well, at least it's not broken, right? Yeah, that's what I said on the post. I mean, if if, if you guys aren't wearing neck braces, you know, This whatever. is why you should. <laughs> I, was, I mean, really, if you're racing a dirt bike and aren't wearing a neck brace, there's something wrong with you. I mean, you might say it's uncomfortable or something, but, you know, you some, most people... Like, I know a bunch of my friends and stuff have tried it, and they put it on for 30 seconds, take it off, never touch it again. you got to give it more than 30 seconds, you know? I mean, everybody says they hate them and all, but actually, once I put mine on now, I don't even notice it's there, and I won't ride without it. I mean, that's like, for me, that's like riding without a helmet. Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of, I've tried a couple different neck braces, and and I get what they're saying, but it is one of those situations where, you know, it's like trying, it's like getting a brand new pair of boots. 
You know, you yeah. don't you don't ride it and go, oh, those things are uncomfortable, and put it and put them up and start riding with your old broken ones again. You you break them in and you get used to them, and you they you know they get used to you, you get used to them, and it's I, I think it's a lot of the same way with those neck braces. You know, a lot of people are saying a lot of excuses opposed to you know finding a way to make them work. Um, they're just finding ways to take them off, which I kind of agreed uh, that you that we should all ride with one. I really want to try the Alpha neck brace. Um, I think that's the one that's going to be the hot ticket for me, um, uh, just because the, the, the Alpine Star I've kind of got some some issues with, uh, just with setup, um, finding that right setup. But I think Alpha might be that's what I want to try. Um, yeah, I wanted to know um, it, you were talking a little bit about Scott Grills, and he actually looked very impressive towards the end uh, of the season. I don't know how well you guys all know each other or anything like that. Do you know like if there was anything that he was doing special there to kind of catch up with you guys? Because he looked like he was doing a pretty good job there toward the end of the season. Yeah, he really, I mean, he really stabbed it up after his summer break. And, you know, who else did was uh, Shane Hufford, you know. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, most of his last like four races in the end of the season were all podiums. I think three out of four were. Yep. Something like and uh, actually, I believe all the girls were. They, I think he had like three thirds in a second. Yeah, and he had. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those last four were third, third, fourth, and second. So yeah, I mean, he was very almost consistently on the podium the whole time. At the end, <laughs> he. Uh, those guys definitely stepped it up and. You know, I didn't see him anywhere. Like, I mean, I would like, you know, they they weren't, you know, they weren't right there for the win at the beginning of the season. But at the end of the season, they really stepped it up. They did, they did something in the summer and just, you know, got on a whole different level from where they were. And Hufford is actually from the uh, Enduro, National Enduros. That's what he was running. And then... This is his first year running GNCC, I believe, and I think most of it, like mostly he's just been getting used to it all year, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, be, I mean, definitely have to watch out for them next year. Yeah. I was looking forward to running to you at uh, the Cross Timbers Enduro, but you guys didn't make the trip out. Why didn't you guys come to the last round? Uh you know, I just decided. It wasn't worth it. I mean, you know, I had the title, GNCC title on the on the line, and I couldn't prove anything out there in the Enduros. You know, I was, I was like seventh in, in points or something like that. Right. My best finish all year was like a fifth. And I don't, I don't even get paid anything to go to those unless I get, you know, in the top five, I'll get a bonus. But right. it wasn't worth it because, you know, I mean, it w- I would, uh, I'd be paying out of my own pocket to get there. And it's just too much money to go way out there to Oklahoma. I hear you. Yeah, I know. We were talking to Caleb Russell, too. We were asking him why, you know, he was doing the OMAs and then he kind of, uh, it's kind of dropped off. And he, he, he said it was a lot of the same kind of thing. It's like the results weren't what he thought they would be. And he was, he wound up like spending more money than he thought he would, all that kinds of stuff. And, and honestly, when you're a racer and that's, that's not your number one concern. You know, yeah. you need to sometimes make quick adjustments and things like that. Um, so next year, 2014, um, I don't know where you you were kind of a support rider, um, even though your brother was supposed to be the factory rider at that point. You you 
semi kind of took his spot, but not really, uh, and all that stuff. But you know, what's what's your 2014 looking like, or is there any any uh, any definitive answer? Uh, I haven't really heard anything yet, actually. But you know, hopefully, I'll figure something out soon. I gotta grab my phone charger real quick. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna lose. Uh, Grant Baylor just because of the fact that he didn't plug in his phone. This is awesome. Yeah. There we go. You would definitely uh, lose, lose that neck brace if you didn't wear it on your neck while you raced, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, my phone was about to die. I had 4%. <laughs> it gets crazy sometimes when, you, when things get nuts. So you, you kind of, you haven't really, I mean, is there anything that you can tell us that you do have figured out for next year? Like maybe a bike or any kind of that stuff or gear or all that jazz? I mean, I guess I just stay with the same deal, you know? Right. Uh, no one else has said anything, but I'm sure... I'm sure something will come up, and uh, usually, you know, I would I would think that KTM would step up and you know say that they don't want to lose me and you know put in a better offer, but you never know. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. Rumors, how it is, but. Yeah, it's the, same, it's the same thing. Like we were just, we just had Steve Mathis on, and we were talking a little bit about silly season and how you know just rumors get started and all that kinds of jazz. And it's just, it's just a time when people don't know what's going on. They may say one thing and mean something else, or somebody hears something and they misinterpret it. So that's why it's just good to ask, kind of you know, see if there's any truth to anything, or just you know, or if there's just anything out there at all. And so XE two, you get another year now to defend your title. Are you going to stay in the XE two class? I have to. <laughs> age rule. <laughs> so what's the age rule on the uh, on the XC1 class? 17. By the first round. They're not going to change that one for you, huh? Uh, I don't. I really don't. I mean, I really don't care if they do or not. I'm going to run XC2 anyways. There you go. So you're going to go for the double? Yeah. I mean, the only person that's ever done it is Caleb Russell. And, uh... Hollywood was telling me at the race, Caleb's old mechanic, uh, he was telling me at the race, he's like, man, you really need to win this title, but just don't want it next year. He said, I don't, I don't want Jason Thomas beating you this year, but next year you don't want to win it because me and Caleb are the only ones ever done that. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Well, I, I could see it happening. I could see it happening. Uh, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, nice. that'd be awesome. Uh, what bike? Are you still going to stay on the 250? Yeah, I mean, uh, can't really change anything. I could go down a bike size, but I can't go up. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to ride a 225 because I'm going to big bore a 150. Yeah. Know, get crazy with it. Just have some fun. Well, uh, or what are you going to do for Christmas? Come on, tell us something crazy about yourself. What am I going to do for Christmas? Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know. You know, whatever. You're going to ask your mom and dad for, like, dolls or what's the deal? No, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, probably get me some dolls and, um, <laughs> and, uh, 
You know those big Barbie houses? Yeah. Ooh. Yes. I got one for my daughter last year. I do. I'll send your. Yeah. Pi- I'll send your dad. I'll send Big Stu a picture and be like, "This yeah. is what Grant would like." I broke my tea set last week, so I need a new one of those. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yes, for sure. And then uh, you could get like a little. What are the red wagons? What are those little wagons called? I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be yeah. fun. Well, what, it, what you need to do is you need to start a Grant Baylor uh, like Instagram account that's just you playing with your dolls. <laughs> I think I think there's something to that. Yeah. I think it could be fun. Yeah, might need to. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get the next GNCC uh, champion from the women's side, uh, Maria Forsberg, on next. But I wanted to ask, as I always like to do, to talk about it and make sure that everybody is socially out there in the world. Where can people find out more about you in the world of social media? Um, I got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, actually, I never get on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, who, who does, right? That's like the old MySpace. I mean, the only thing I really use is Instagram. But... uh. It is uh, G Baylor sixteen, I believe. All right, I like I like math, and that sounds like a really good equation to me to figure that out. And I do agree that uh, with Mister Jeremy Saylor from the chat room that the episode title will for this one will be Grant plays with dolls. Uh, that's <laughs> official. We're putting it in the books, and uh, right. I pr- I appreciate you for playing along, Mister Baylor. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I love playing with my dolls. Oh, did you say dolls or something else? <laughs> what do you think I said? <laughs> <laughs> Can't use that as an episode title, can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't, because this is, this is semi, well, it's kind of PG-13. Sure, whatever. All right, dude, you have a good night. Thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it, man. Right, hey, we'll and uh, I'd love to say thank you and or congratulations for your XC2 championship. That's, I mean, that's awesome. 16 years yeah. old, earliest one out there, right? Yeah, I had to, you know, I had to kick my brother's ass. So. Right? It ju- it's it's just begun. One Baylor yeah. beats the other Baylor. That's okay. Your dad's going to outdrink you guys for the rest of your lives, so. Yeah. I know, because right. I tried, and it's not going to work. <laughs> Later, dude. Yeah. Peace. All right. So as we get connected with Maria Forsberg, I would like to thank our next sponsor of Seed Time, the guys over at Fast Company. You can find them at fastco.com. Uh, the big the big thing that a lot of people know these guys for is their flex bars, uh, flex handlebars. Um, and, and what I like about these guys is they're 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 not just for the riders that have like wrist issues or hand issues. They're for the guys that have any kind of tendonitis. Uh, any of that stuff. What, what I've had is a really bad shoulder surgery. And so that's, you know, I kind of reached out to those guys and we started talking and they were like, these will be great bars for that. Great way for you to get back in. I haven't had any shoulder issues uh, where they did the surgery um, since I've been riding the bike. Now, granted, I've only ridden about four times, but I did do a huge 60-mile race at that enduro. Uh, rode great for the first two sections and then I completely bonked after the fact. And that was not the flex bars' fault. That was this fat little... Out of shape beer drinking guy's fault. Mainly the beer gut. Um, but what's awesome about these bars, everybody 
in the off-road world should be running these things because they're going to help with vibration dampening so that way your hands aren't going to go numb. Uh, you're not going to get near as bad an arm pump. And obviously, if you had any kind of wrist injury, shoulder injury like I have, or anything upper body, it's totally, totally going to help you out. Uh, go check it out. One of the tools that I'm looking forward to picking up when I run into these guys in Vegas is the spork toke, the 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 torque spoke wrench because I hate trying to figure out if my spokes are the right tension. So I think that that's going to be the hot setup. So obviously, thank you very much to Fast Company for your support of Seat Time. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in Vegas. It's going to be a good time. I'll probably post some pictures that may not be appropriate for where I'm going to post them and we'll watch them get pulled down. I don't know. Thanks, Fast Company. Okay, so Maria Forsberg, we've got you online. You look fantastic this evening. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no, come on now. And uh, so you've been on Pit Pass earlier this evening. Just go ahead and tell us all the questions and answers so that way I don't ask them again. No? Me? Yeah, absolutely. It's your show. I'm just here for you. Oh, so you want me to ask the questions and answer? <laughs> no. Uh, no, what What? my joke was, uh, since you were on Pit Pass earlier, I wanted I to know what, kind of what you guys chatted about so that way... We don't ask the same question. We don't need to. We don't want to bore you by uh, talking about all the same stuff, right? Um, it was mostly just about my retirement. Oh well, then we. Dang it, that's it. Uh, the show's over. Can't ask about quite. Okay, no. So congratulations on ha- getting another GNCC Women's Championship. Absolutely amazing that you've done that. Uh, going through, I was trying to try trying to make a full list of everything that you've won in the past ten years, and that is a huge, huge huge list you are a very very accomplished writer and especially this year you've just kind of put it in the books um what would you say is your num your top three most memorable moments from your career um that's uh that's a really tough one um getting the first off-road female factory ride i think that's a that would be one of the best moments and um also my x games gold medals would be probably another one and my six days gold medals. Yes. When did when was it that you went to six days? I had tried to do a little bit of research on that and for some strange reason I was having coming up with, with real answers. Um, I went in oh eight and oh nine, okay. I think. Nice. Yeah. And were you uh riding KTMs then or were you what what brand of motorcycle were you on? Yep, KTMs. Nice. Have you been on KTMs pretty much your whole career? Pretty much, for the most part, yeah. Nice. Well, you've ended well. Obviously, they did. They did. It, they went far beyond. I think the Call of Duty on just showing their appreciation. I mean, obviously, they we knew that they did, but man, it looked awesome. They just had so much cool stuff just on all the social, uh, you know, social space and on their website and everything like that. Just talking about how much they appreciate everything you've done for them. Um, and and I know you would feel the same. So tell us a little bit about this past weekend at Ironman and uh, kind of how the race went for you. Um, the race went really good. Me and Casey battled um, pretty much the whole time, and I think she ended up winning by five or six seconds or something like that. And so it was a race till the end, and it was well deserved on her part. She rode really great, and um, it was definitely emotional for me, like on the podium and when they handed me my number one plate. And I mean, it's it's hard knowing that that was the last time I'm going to see a bunch of people. So it was um it was sad, but it was also good. So um, but yeah. Um, and we do have Jared Bolt on in the chat room, and he's already trying to give us flack because he just immediately is like, we already covered this in the toolbox. 
And I was like, what? Well, you know, it was like, if, uh, Ooh, okay. We got a good one from the chat room. Uh, Ta- Tom McIntosh wanted to know, uh, he said, ask her about the airport scramble wreck that you had, uh, the weekend before Ironman. Um, yeah. So I decided to do a local race and, um, and my husband's like, we'll just sign up in the pro class and see how you do. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that well, but it's just for practice. And so, um, and I had a couple good friends that were racing the afternoon race, the beginner race. And, um, so I want to help pit for them. And I was like, oh, I'll do the, I'll just sign up. And I think I was in eighth and, um, there was like 18 or 19 or 20. I don't know how many people were in the class. Um, and I was in eighth and it was at an airport. And so you do the woods and the, um, all the single track and then you jump onto the pavement and they have you like swerve to slow down before the checkpoint. And I was swerving and then, um, you go straight again and then you swerve right before they punch your card. And the first time I swerved, I was like, Oh, I could go a little faster than this. And then, so I went in a little hotter. I tapped the front brake and I just went down hard and, um, both my elbows were all swollen and road rashed up and, um, and then I did another lap and I, um, it was so fun. It was perfect conditions. It wasn't dusty. It wasn't muddy. And I was having so fun, but I was riding a little over my head to try and, uh, keep up with the big boys. <laughs> and, um, so I, I decided to, to hang it up for the day. It was the first race ever in my life that I've quit, um, without an injury or mechanical problem. So I felt, I felt pretty bad about that, but I was like, I'm leaving in a few days for a, a big race and I need to. I need to be smart and I wasn't making good decisions. So, yeah, well, that's awesome that you went out. Um, I, I think it's fantastic that your husband talked to you into racing the pro race. It, it would be so neat for, <laughs> for you to come like down to Texas, you know, and see you show up and race in the pro class here. I think that that would be, and it's gotta be really cool for those guys and all the guys and gals out there. And just to be able to see you kind of compete on, I guess you quote unquote their level, you know, if you will. well I wasn't on some of their level they were they were um there's some really fast people but it was fun I I enjoyed it my goal was to not be dead last and I was more middle of the pack and um so that was it was it was fun awesome well um so I wanted to know if you were planning on doing Vegas Endurocross are you going to be doing any more of those or is is this kind of the official you know time that you're you're kind of done racing well, I was going to do Vegas and Cross, but my GNCC banquet happens to be the same weekend. Yeah, so. that's right. Uh, Mr. Russell just mentioned that earlier yeah. on in the show. Man, I really got to start remembering stuff. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's a it's a huge bummer. Oh, well. Well, that's okay. What I was going to say is that I'm going to be out there, and I was hoping that you could be I'm like the, the tip master for me in the amateur program. <laughs> you know, I saw, I saw Destry Abbott out there with his son, like pointing out all the lines and stuff. And I was hoping that you could do that for me. But... <laughs> well, I would if I could, but I can't be in two places at once. It's very so. true. So I'm going to just go out there. I think what I'll do is I'll get uh, somebody else, I don't know, some guy, and I'll I'll see if Bolton will send me your gear that you gave him, and then they can wear it and stand next to me and give me directions, and it'll feel like I'm still kind of getting yeah. the same. I think that we're halfway there, right? Yeah, yeah, just get a get a long blonde ponytail on him and call it good. I wish I could get Bolton to be there. That would just be the perfect way to do it is to get Bolton in the gear there. But again, he's going to be at the GNCC banquet. I'm just totally I know cuz that's screwed. that's where all the cool people will be. He'll be but, hanging out with me. That's what I hear. And then uh we'll find out who had a really good time by all the drunk uh, by by all the hungover people trying to wake up in the morning. <laughs> oh well. So no no Vegas and Duro cross. 
Um, so we've talked a little bit about some of the memorable moments in your career. I think uh, the X Games, obviously this year, how well things have gone. And it's not your first medal. You've medaled before this year. Um, but tell us a little bit how it was for you and all the other ladies kind of traveling around the world and, and the fact that they've unfortunately canceled it, you know, moving forward. Um, it it was a ton of fun, and all of us girls are really good friends, and and so it's all pretty cool. Like we would all um, we'd all race and be competitive, and we'd all go out in a giant group afterwards, like the men and the women, and and we'd all hang out together after the race. And so it was really cool. It was um, it was it was really truly like a family, you know, because we're in these countries that no one speaks English except us, and we all um, we all got to compete and then go hang out together afterward. It was pretty cool, and um, to to compete and to race in two Olympic stadiums was was unreal, and uh, the fans were awesome, and it was a it was a great experience to travel some of the world, meet some cool people, and um, bring home some medals. Absolutely, well, cool. Uh, most awkward experience being an American in a foreign country that you had while on your travels. What would you say? Call. I don't. I think I was pretty fortunate. I didn't have any. I went to Brazil a little early and I had a layover in Sao Paulo and I was by myself and I knew no English and I had to pick up my bag and um, I was kind of just wandering around aimlessly. But but I got my bag and I don't know how. Actually, I ran into someone who spoke English who was visiting her fiance down there. But um, yeah, I was pretty fortunate. Yeah, you you did. That's funny that you got that lucky, man. Typically, everybody has at least one like crazy moment where some German, you know, tries to do something awkward, and you're like, "No, I'm still, ah, this is awkward." Uh, did were there any other good stories, like maybe from some of the other riders that you heard? Um, oh, not that, not off the top of my head that I can think of. Man, we're missing out here on all the good stuff. I know it. I some, know. Something had to happen. We'll send out some tweets and see if we can get some some good Twitter news going. That'll be fun. Well, um, so you you. I know that you're involved with CrossFit heavily, um, which is awesome. I know that you're also heavily uh, involved in a lot of other sports, like mountain biking and all kinds of other crazy stuff. So what, is there anything, is there any one specific area that you're going to try to focus on now that you're kind of retired and the racing, the, the, the professional racing is over? Or are you really just going to be all like no holds barred and just try everything? I, I think it's going to be chaotic. I think I'm going to um, try so many new things. It's going to be... I don't think I can stick to one thing because there's so many things I like and and um, just really playing around with the different things that I like. And we went downhill mountain biking in Whistler, and I had an awesome time. And so just having some free weekends and um, hammering down on stuff like that and maybe doing some hunting and um, a lot of bicycle riding and, and maybe even some local CrossFit competitions. Uh, that was one of my questions is I didn't know if – we would possibly see you in the CrossFit Open next year trying to compete for a spot at regionals. <laughs> no, those those guys are gnarly. I don't know if I could do that. But, I mean, I would try, but I don't think I'd become – I don't think I'd come really close. Yeah, well, the good thing about the Open, uh, what I like, is that you know you can scale – what I love about CrossFit is so so scalable, how scalable everything is. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can still take the, the Open workouts and, if need be, scale them down. Um, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that you would not scale them as much as I would. Um, but hey, that's fine. You know, you're more fit than I am, which is what it is. Oh, makes me hang my head. So Whistler, uh, when did you guys go to Whistler to go mountain biking? Um, in August, the okay. middle of August. Did you get to go to the top, to the very, very top? 
Top of yeah, the world, yeah, the top we of the to world the... trail, right? Yeah, yeah, we went there and um yeah, it was right after Crankworks got done. So it was in pretty good condition. We went during the week so no one was there and we definitely hammered down. We um we were just there riding for two days, but the first day we had so much fun, our forearms are so sore that we could barely ride the next day because we were having so much fun just going, 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 and we never stopped. And then all of a sudden we're like, shoot, we got a whole nother day. And, um, but, yeah, we, we learned a lot. So next time we'll go um, a little slower, I think, at first. Yeah. The first time I went out there, I was supposed to go out there with – this was like 2007. I was supposed to go out there with a whole group of people, um, and everybody backed out. I mean – everybody and so i was the only person that was like still had the money or still had the time or whatever everybody else's excuses were so i just said f it and i went and i was gone for seven days and i was out there by myself for five days but what was so awesome is everybody's so nice i i literally rode with a different group of people from around the cut from around the world every yeah. day and there was even dudes from vancouver i met that invited me to come down and ride some of their like private north shore trails like back in vancouver it was just just so epic. That is a place any any dirt biker should go mountain bike, go downhill mountain biking at Whistler. It is epic. Yeah, that's what I said. And and there's so much that transfers over, like from motorcycles to downhill mountain biking, and it's it's really fun. Did you have any uh, issues with the brakes being backwards or uh, backwards from uh, from a motorcycle? No, I didn't because I um I leave my mountain bike um, at home. I leave the brakes the same. So oh, so you actually keep the front. On the right, on your on your mountain bike. Yeah, so I, I tried to do that, but then I wind mm-hmm. up riding the rear brake a lot because I'm so used to kind of having those moments where you're using the clutch and the, the clutch in. Yeah. yeah, I'm a weirdo though. I don't know. You have any advice for me on how to be better at life? Because obviously I'm sucking at it. Uh, no, uh-uh. no advice. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, nah, you're pretty much you're pretty much a goner. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Oh, man, but Brian, I'm just telling you, there's nothing there. Well, cool, man. Well, obviously, you're going to be having a ton of fun in life. You're going to be doing some crazy stuff. Is there any possibility that you could run um, like a like a week-long training camp that I could come like live the Maria Forsberg life in Washington like and hang out? Because um, you guys seem fun, and I think that it would be a grand time. I think you could you could do this for a lot of people or, you know, just people that you specifically picked out. Um, yeah, we pretty much we pretty much only do, do stuff that's fun. I mean, we mountain bike, road bike. We bought a trampoline, a big trampoline, and um, yeah, I I don't know, maybe maybe that could be in the, in the books doing a week long thing, Life of Maria. I think I think we're on to something here. Yeah. Yeah, it could be like uh like going to Woodward, but instead of going to Woodward, you're going to Washington to hang out with Maria for a week. That's right. Yeah. Only a week though, because after that you're gonna be like, get out. You're annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> you would probably only last about two days around me, Maria. We're not gonna lie. It would be. Uh, it would be. You. You would have to have. There would be some uh, clause or something in our contract that's like, I can kick you out at any time. It can happen, <laughs> buddy. Well, all right. Well, where can people find you so that way they can follow you socially and all the fun little areas out there, uh, websites and all that jazz. Um, I'm M Forsberg four one one on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I don't really tweet. I don't know how Twitter works. I just link my Instagram pictures to Twitter. So, um, but I'm more on Instagram (laughs) and then Facebook. I have a fan page, Maria Forsberg. So you can like that and I'll try and keep that updated. Dig it. 
Speaking of Instagram, yeah. I did watch a lot of your East Coast trip before the uh, Ironman. So how cool was it for Sarah Whitmore and uh, Smadje to go ahead and like get engaged? That, it was awesome. It was cool to be there and to be a part of that. And um, Man, they got some cool stuff at their house. An enduro cross track, trials, bicycle stuff, a rock climbing wall. And then we went to the Rays Indoor Mountain Biking Park, and that was unbelievable. It was really cool. Yeah, I have wanted to, like, it wouldn't make a ton of sense in Texas just because of the fact that our winter, if our winter's wet, it sucks. We don't have, we have a bunch of trails. They we None of them would be rideable if it's wet. But if it's, you know, it would be, like, good for that. But if it's dry, I don't know, man. I would love, 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 love to go to Rays. That place looks amazing, and it just keeps growing. Yeah, yeah, and pitchers do it no justice. I mean, it's so much cooler. So would it, would that be another situation where if somebody were to go, like myself, oh, I'm going to go to race, like give it more than a day if you've got the time? like. Yeah, and pace yourself first day. Yeah. <laughs> so you did backflips, too, into the foam pit, didn't you? Yeah. So where did you just decide to do that, or have you tried backflips on a bicycle before, or...? I have. We have a pretty, um, my buddy's got a pretty tiny, kind of gross little pond. It's only like 10 feet deep. It's actually like a giant puddle, I would guess it would be more like. And um, we built this ramp. Sounds totally legit. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) But we built this ramp, and um, so I've done a backflip into the water, but it's a little different because the ramp's like five, six feet off the water, so you have more time to flip. When the foam pit, the foam is level with the top of the ramp, so you got to spin way faster. But, but yeah, that was the first time me doing a backflip um, into a foam pit on a bicycle. Yeah, well, you looked great. And then I have, uh, I remember my first attempts at trying a backflip into a foam pit on my like twenty-six inch mountain bike that I had. Oh, it was the bike was should have just got stuck in the rafters, man. It was like you get halfway and you just kick out, and it's like ah, turn into a retard. <laughs> I was better at 360s, but then in the foam pit anyway. And then the, the, yeah. the handful of times I tried to take the 360 to the actual box jump, I smashed myself so hard into the ground. It was just it was just ridiculous. So, again, uh, I need help. That's Obviously, that's why I need a week with Maria. I need uh, help with life and being more awesome and being crazy. Well, uh, okay, so I wanted to see if you could repeat the words that I have for you again. Uh, mag- okay, mag- magazine. A magazine. A magazine. How is it? Magazine. Yeah. M- magazine. Yeah. Ma- <laughs> I love it. And then roof. A roof. A roof. You- a roof. roof. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you say it? Roof. A roof. Roof. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait. Not that I'm right by any means, but that's just how I say it. <laughs> okay, so one more time. Magazine. 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 I like that. And then roof. Yeah. Roof. So say house. House? Oh, that's pretty normal. Yeah. That's okay. How well, do you say how do you say like a garbage bag? Uh garbage bag? Uh, you say a bag? Bag? Yeah. Big. Big? Big. That is awesome. Is that a Washington? <laughs> is that like a typical Washington accent or do you just like come up with this stuff in the bathtub? No, it, everyone here says big. Big? 
Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I don't really know how this is going to sound, but Caleb Russell wants to know if you could say theater. Theater? Oh, that was so normal. Bad, 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 bad call, Caleb Russell. Bad call. Oh, well. Well, cool. I appreciate you putting... I remember the first time we had you on, Jared Bolton had mentioned that you had an accent with certain words, and uh, I asked him really quick in the chat room what those were because I remembered that, and so I had to... It's like once a year I need to be able to make sure I get that, uh, my, my little my little laugh out of the way. So you have an accent, really? It's it's interesting because you don't have like a full-on accent. You just kind of have words that come out different by, you know, they come out as if you have an accent. But yeah, like bag, like bag town sounds like total northeast like to me. It's so it's weird that it's a Washington thing. Well, I'm northwest. Yeah, I know that's what makes it so weird. Huh. Uh, <laughs> no, we're 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 not now. If everybody's like putting words in the chat room, I'm like, no. We're this is Bolt, Bolton knows the good ones. We're gonna go with those because he's gonna talk to her all the time. It's like we're not about to just have a hey Maria say all our fun little words that we come up with randomly. <laughs> well, again, thank you for playing along. I I, I didn't. Not, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I just think it's awesome and it sounds cute and it's it's great for the show. So thank you, Maria. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, good luck with your retirement. Have fun in life. Um, and dude, just uh, just live it up. I know you're going to, but yeah, we appreciate yeah. you being on the show. And hopefully we'll have you on again and you can tell us about all the other crap that you start winning, right? Yeah, hopefully. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it. Well, have fun out there and we'll talk to you soon, all right? Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks again, Maria. Bye. All right, so as we close up with Maria Forsberg, can't thank her enough. Everybody tonight has been awesome. We had Caleb Russell, then we moved on to Steve Mathis, and then, of course, Grant Baylor came on for a little bit, and then Maria Forsberg, great guest, episode 105. I think we have done a very good job. No, Jeremy Saylor, we're not using the word olive. Um, But again, so seat time. Where can you find us if you have no idea what you're looking at? Seattime.co is the website where you can find us. Uh, we archive a lot of the, uh, we archive all of the shows there, so you can watch them. Uh, of course, we post a lot of fun posts on Facebook. Um, things of awesome, and then of course uh, things like when you're riding with Woody, if you will, riding with Wood, riding with Woody. However you want to look at it, that kind of stuff's going to be posted there. Lots of cool stuff going on, of course. Uh, Twitter, Twitter.com/slash/seatime_underscore_co. What's great about Twitter is you can say whatever you want. Um, so that's how we got in touch with Steve Mathis. Uh, he totally wanted to come, uh, totally agreed to come on the show. I wouldn't say he wanted to, um, but yeah. So it was great. Follow us on Twitter. You can say whatever you want. We're gonna say whatever we want back and be really mean and uh, you know uh, intrusive. Instagram, it's just regular old seat time. We didn't get crazy there. And then of course YouTube, you can search for Seat Time CEO is our username there. Um, what's good about this show is we also have the audio so you can listen to it. It's on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, easy enough to subscribe. Please go check out seattime.bigcartel.com. Um, that's where you can go and pick out our new quote shirt. You can get pint glasses, which are like these. And of course, uh, koozies in case you live in the South and it's not going to be a cold winter and you need those. I think uh, Bolton would be very proud of you if you did it. So again, thank you for paying attention. And one thing we'd like to tell everybody is remember to always enjoy a pipe full of awesome. And we'll see you next week, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Peace.